0: All right, we are back. Let's uh, let's do a few obituaries uh, for the last month. Um, Clarence Ray Allen was uh, put to death over in San Quentin. His attorneys uh, failed in their argument that uh, because Mr. Allen had, you know, been denied justice for so long through the protracted appeals process, he therefore should be let off. Our uh, aviation correspondent, Vladimir Zarevika, likened this to the man who, uh, after killing both of his parents, then throws himself on the mercy of the court because he's an orphan. I know many of you listeners oppose the death penalty, and it's often argued that no, no, you must just put someone away where they can do no one harm. Well, Clarence Ray Allen did a lot of harm while he was put away for murder. He, in fact, committed three more murders on, under contract. Enough said about that. Uh, two Hollywood uh, legends passed away who actually were married to each other. Uh, Shelly Winters um, died in January, as did her ex-husband, Tony Franciosa. Tony Francios appeared in a lot of TV shows and uh, appears in one of my favorite movies, A Face in the Crowd. If you've never seen this movie, which shows uh, that Andy Griffith is actually a fabulous actor, uh, do yourself a favor and rent that one. As far as Shelley Winters goes, you know, she was actually a pretty underrated actress. Uh, She won the Academy Award, I I believe, more than once. And uh, my favorite film of hers is A Place in the Sun, A film in which she appears with Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Clift. I mean, boy, if you haven't seen that one, do yourself a favor there. And yes, we admit she did appear in the Poseidon Adventure, named by the Harvard Lampoon as the worst film of all time. But, uh, you know, she did have some good moments. Shelley Winters. All right, at this point in the program, we're going to pick up on something we forward-promoted ruthlessly for the past couple of weeks, a talk with our own news director, who is uh, actually the president of the Astronomy Club here at UC Davis, uh, Drake Martinet. Are you there, Drake?
1: How are you doing, Doug?
0: I'm I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Uh,
1: I'm I'm doing just fine. For the record, I want to be accurate, I was was last year's uh, uh, president, but... We had an election between when I talked to you last and now, and I'm, I'm only the lowly press officer now, but I'm still, still qualified to talk with you, I hope.
0: Well, I, I believe you still, you still are qualified. All
1: right, all right. so, uh, so uh, what do you want to talk about?
0: Let's talk about uh, Pluto, the Kuiper Belt, is it or is it not a planet, and uh, have you guys ever the seen
1: most misunderstood it? planet in the solar system, <laughs> and I, I, say, I say planet loosely.
0: Well, are you, the, are you on the pro-planet side or the anti-planet side?
1: Well, I, I'm on the anti-planet side, and I picked up the anti-planet side um, when I was working in the physics department, talking with a lot of the a lot of the astronomers there and the people who are you know who are really involved in this uh, in this stuff. In fact, I also have a friend whose uh, whose specialty is uh, planetary geology, who's also in the uh, in the astronomy program, and, um, and and in the club, and we're all sort of anti-planet. Uh, Pluto really doesn't share any of the characteristics that the rest of the planets do. Um it doesn't share their their makeup and uh, it really resembles something from the Kuiper belt like you mentioned.
0: let's tell our audience what is the Kuiper belt well it's sort of this
1: i don't know a, a lot of a lot of news uh, agencies especially with that uh, that recent launch talk about it sort of this this mysterious region outside the solar system and it kind <laughs> of it kind of is that um it's this area beyond uh beyond our eighth planet uh and sort of also, just beyond what what has been called our ninth planet, or as as every five or ten years uh, some new astronomer says we've discovered our tenth planet or eleventh planet or whatever. um it's this area out there that's just sort of got this this debris. Um, it's rock and dust, there's a lot of carbon out there. Um,
0: my, my understanding, Drake, is these are pretty much the the realm of the the giant snowballs. There's a lot of ice out there,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly and and, and the phrase you say giant snowball also has to do with uh, Comets. uh, A lot of comets sort of uh, originate in this region of space as well, and sort of take a dive into the main solar system towards the sun.
0: You know, it's funny. About 20 years ago, they discovered a rather sizable asteroid out between uh, between Saturn and Uranus. They called it Chiron, and they've now concluded that it's actually a giant comet.
1: That's precisely what what I'm talking about. The uh, you know the better information we have, sort of as time goes on, we realize that you know we things we were calling planets before really um have you know more more of the makeup of these of these Kuiper belt objects and uh Pluto's one of them. It, it really it really doesn't share anything uh with the rest of the planets terrestrial or or the gas giants out past the terrestrial planets. Well, so few, it's just uh, kind of a big captured uh, ball of dirt.
0: A few years back somebody predicted that once we got the instruments up and operational, we were going to find uh, more Plutos. They thought that Pluto might be one of the largest Kuiper belt object and now it appears Pluto's been demoted to the second largest. Kuiper Belt object.
1: Uh, you're you're absolutely right. They, um, like I said, every few years, somebody discovers something out there that's big, and they want to call it a planet because uh, I don't know, a planet gets you a gets you a head seat at a at an uh, international society dinner. <laughs> but uh, but that's that's really what it ends up being is just you know more of these objects that, that you know and I, I don't know and don't don't claim to know whether or not there are more planets like the rest of them out there. But uh, mostly uh, what what we found since then have just been these these. Kuiper Belt objects that just sort of orbit in the periphery of the solar system.
0: Well, uh, let's, let's call Pluto then a large Kuiper Belt object slash question mark planet and say that nevertheless, it's a pretty interesting place and we're sending a, a probe out to finally take a visit to it. Yeah, people must be excited about this.
1: Uh, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to have seen the beginning of this and, you know, and going to be alive uh, uh, barring any major catastrophe to see, uh, to see some, some data come back from this. It's something really exciting. I was speaking about a friend of mine who uh, uh, earlier who works on mars and and this is this is uh considered you know a, a real major uh, you know exploration heading out that far with real sort of the terrestrial focused uh, uh, instruments to to take a real good look at this um it It, it should bring back some amazing things and things that uh, a lot of people back here at home are real excited to see
0: There's a thought that it might look like uh, Neptune's large moon Triton. Which was just itself a, a stunner. It turned out to have geysers blowing up hundreds of miles high, a, a wispy atmosphere. So, no matter what, it, no matter what turns out, I imagine we're going to all be surprised.
1: Well, pe- people, uh, people don't really think it's going to have much of an atmosphere. It's very small, um, and and uh, because of uh, because of escape velocities, most most gases wouldn't cling to a planet like Pluto. Much like the uh, much like they don't to the moon, to our moon. If I, if I were to have to call it uh, and, and uh, put my money on it, I'd say we're, we're going to find a, a fairly interesting ball of dirt that is, that is more or less dead. Um, we may find some sort of ice or something out there, but I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be mostly dirt. Um, but, you know, nonetheless interesting.
0: Well, we're glad that KDVS has an in-house uh, a- astronomic uh, authority. We're going to have to come back to you while we, when we follow some more of these stories.
1: Don't uh, don't overstretch my credentials, but I'm more than happy to, to to talk to you. about with the with the little amount of dangerous knowledge I do have,
0: well, Drake, uh, keep up the good work on on the news department. Any any breaking things you want to tell us about uh, what you're doing there?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, tune in uh, a week from today. You're going to hear the the very first locally produced full news stories uh, that uh, that we've produced in the station. It's been a long time coming, and we uh, we've been doing those news briefs daily that I hope you've all been listening to out there. But we're, uh, we're doing some investigative journalism of our own. We're going to start off with some soft things, but, uh, but stay tuned.
0: Drake, thanks for talking to us. Come again.
1: I'll, I'll see you later, Doug.
0: Kay. Bye-bye. That was Drake Martinet, our news director right here at KDVS. And one final obituary we should probably go out with. Passing away at the very end of last year, uh, unnoted except in a few places, was the legendary Candy Bar. The 1950s stripper was uh, apparently the girlfriend of L.A. mobster Mickey Cohn, was well acquainted with a Dallas nightclub owner Jack Ruby, and at the age of 16 appeared in the 1951 blue movie Smart Alec, which is considered to be perhaps the most widely circulated stag film of all time. Must confess, I saw that film at 194 Chem on this campus here, back in an era when there was a little more latitude in political correctness. She was born Juanita Dale Slusher. She married a safecracker in Dallas at age 14. She was arrested in 1956 for shooting her estranged second husband. And three years later was arrested for concealing four-fifths of an ounce of marijuana in her bra. That uh, four-fifths of an ounce of marijuana got her sentenced to 15 years in prison, for which uh, she evidently served three years. Gone, but uh, not forgotten. Candy bar. you been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Our thanks to guests on today's program, Drake Martinet and Brad Friedman. Stay tuned now for Hometown Atrocities to Follow, and we'll see you next Thursday at 5, at which time we'll talk with our very good friend, Dr. Andy Jones of Dr. Andy's Poetry and Technology Hour, heard every Wednesday at 5 o'clock on this same station. Dr. Andy will talk to us about his soon-to-be-published book of poetry.